Hey guys, good afternoon. It is Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. My name is Justin Coffin. I'll be joined across from me uh, by Joe Danier um, from Youngstown Studio here in a little bit. We are going to uh, talk a lot of Cleveland Browns, a lot of NFL, and uh, top 10 Tuesday of the worst bull names in college football this year. So before we do all that, uh, let's have a word from some of our sponsors. Mighty Mike Heating and Cooling is affordable, professional, and there when you need us 24-7. Stay warm this winter by calling your hometown hero today. Mighty Mike Heating and Cooling, 330-207-7070. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Eric Cromer, Cross Country Mortgage, a wiser way to mortgage. This program proudly supported and brought to you by the Youngstown Drip IV Bar, helping the Mahoning Valley reach its wellness goal. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Youngstown Computer, the Valley's IT company. All right, so coming back, um, just want to give you guys a heads up. Today's going to be our last show in studio of 2023. Uh, we have a couple pre-recorded uh, fun shows that will be upcoming. So um, our next show on Thursday will be a sports festivus, a festivus for the rest of us. So if you're familiar with Seinfeld, um, uh, Greg and I go back and forth with a bunch of sports grievances that we have uh, and we air those out. Um, we will also have Joe. You'll be you'll be proud to know it's already in it's it's in the canister. It's ready to go. Uh, we did a Grandpa Joe versus Uncle Frank from Home Alone okay. uh, breakdown. So that that is uh, in the docket. BJ's going to get that loaded, and I think that's going to be sometime over the Christmas New Year time. So that should be fun. But uh, for now, let's start with the Cleveland Browns because yes. I mean that was. Uh, that was a heck of a performance. That was uh, a game I thought the Browns were probably going to lose. Um, it was it was a, a great uh, Christmas miracle uh, for all. The Browns come back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter to come back and beat the Chicago Bears. So once again, uh, very, very happy times right now in Cleveland to be a, uh, a football fan. So... I got plenty of thoughts on this game. Your thoughts on hey, and and it's nice to bring. We might need to bring that Joe list back. Remember how we were doing the Joe bracket of best Joes? Joe Flacco now needs to be added to that list because sure. he is right up there, especially in uh, Cleveland fans' hearts right now. Yeah, and and you know what was what was really apparent is you're, you're totally right. This is a game that should have been lost, and we, <clears throat> we watched in amazement as somehow they believed themselves in into a win. Yeah, and and I sometimes think like in NASCAR, you have like the difference between the absolute best car and the worst car is such a small margin. Yeah, and so in the NFL, those players, even the worst player there are superstars, right? Mm -hmm. So I right. think a lot of, uh, of football is psychology. It's a lot of mental. And if mm -hmm. you can get a Browns team that believe they can, in spite of having some, you know, third string linemen and whatever, mm -hmm. they believe they can do it. I bet you they can do a lot more than if a quarterback and a wide receiver have disagreements and they're down on themselves and the media right. is pounding on them and whatever. So. Yeah. This team has been through so much adversity and to be nine and five. And like you to use your race car analogy, it's like kind of the driver matters. And Stefanski is doing a hell of a job. And 
I see a lot of people like complaining about Stefanski, like certain play calls and this and that. It's like, well, the Browns won in spite of Stefanski. I think this guy is doing a hell of a job this year. And there was a, I don't know if you remember in this game, there was a fourth down. It was like a fourth and one or fourth and two. And they brought in DTR. And so everyone's thinking, okay, it's probably going to be a run or, you know, he's going to hand it off or do, it's going to be some sort of trickiness. But he took the snap and he threw it and they got the first down via the throw. If they don't get that play, Stefanski is like on social media is like fire him right now, exactly. this and that. But but when it works, you don't hear a, a peep like that was a great call. The Bears were not expecting that. So credit to Stefanski because he's doing a hell of a job. Yeah. In my opinion, game, play, game planning is. <clears throat> to keep them wondering what you're going to pull next. So yeah. that's what I like about those trick plays is it's not necessarily because they're the novelty is going to be effective, but it keeps them guessing yes. what you're going to throw at them next. Exactly. Exactly. So um, we, we know Joe Flacco has, has been kind of Cleveland's new adopted son. Uh, he He's uh, kind of come out of, uh, you know, the couch on, I heard someone compare him to uh, elf on the shelf. Like, you know, he came right after Thanksgiving and kind of got like that locker room in order, like every, you know, all the goofiness or uncertainty. Um, he kind of became the adult in the room, I think was a term you used last week. And and he really is. And yeah, did he make a bunch of mistakes in the game? Sure. Um, there was one interception that was the pick six. I don't think it was really his fault. It was kind of caught and then dropped and returned. Um, you know, there there was another one, but within Joku by the by the goal line that looked like eh, maybe, you know, could have been his fault, but there were some absolute dimes thrown in that game. And um, it's just fun to see Cleveland be a passing team. It's not something we're really used to. So it's a, it's kind of a fun brand of football. So. And he threw the ball a lot. Like he that, did. that run defense had him locked down and he had to explore the field mm -hmm. and use those talented receivers. Yeah. Yeah. The bears came in as a lot of people think, you know, this is not the same old bears team. This team had won three out of their last four games. They just beat the hell out of the lions. The last game who the lions are um, going to be probably the two or the three seed in the NFC. And, uh, doing a hell of a job so you know it this browns team is really taking steps these are games that brown the browns would have found a way to lose and we did get a little bit of a, a christmas miracle with that um justin fields through two dynamic hail marys in this game both of them ended up being interceptions there's only two interceptions in the game but that last one <laughs> i have no idea how the Browns avoided absolute disaster on that one. Someone said Jim Brown was there, like knocking the ball away or, you know, whatever luck was on our side, we got it. So, and you had a post saying, um, we've had so much bad juju or whatever over the past 20 some years that I think we've earned uh, some interest yeah, in the back. A little while yet. Yes. Heck yeah. yeah. So we got a few more uh, good luck charms, hopefully still up our sleeves because we're going to need it uh, getting to the playoffs. So, so the Browns move to nine and five right now. They have the first overall still number one overall defense in the NFL. Their offense, it keeps creeping up. They're number 17. So right middle of the pack there in the NFL and offense, but their passing game has really, you know, the run games kind of taken a little bit of a step back, but their passing game has taken a major step forward over the past, uh, you know, three, four weeks. So now do you often wonder like if, 
we did have Chubb and we we did have our linemen. How if this would have been a runaway season or whether or not you'd be missing this magical thing that's happening right now? Yeah, that that's a really. I, I think with Nick Chubb, you have to run the ball more just because of the beast that he is. But I think losing Nick Chubb opened up a lot of the playbook because the Browns can't just solely rely upon the run anymore. And then when you lose Deshaun Watson, it's like, well, damn, what do we do? <laughs> right. And then, you know, PJ Walker, God bless him. You know, he won two games for the Browns. Um, maybe one of them in spite of him, but, uh, you know, got it done. DTR won a game. Uh, but Joe Flacco has come in and sort of settled that room down. I know he's thrown a few picks, but you know, something like he, I think in the three games, he surpassed like Kenny Pickett's touchdown numbers in 12 games, you know, and, um, not to bag on Kenny Pickett, but you know, we're Browns fans. So why not any, any chance we can, um, so he has come come in, settled the room down, and I don't know. Like it's it's like the Browns aren't so reliant on the run game, but they are using the run to set up the pass. There's a lot of play action in there now. There's a lot of um, things that maybe they weren't necessarily using with DTR with um, you know with um, Walker. So um, and let's not forget. Let's there's a lot of people saying like you know that I know don't like Deshaun Watson, but let's remember Deshaun Watson was four and one with this team. It's not like you know, it's not like he was a bad quarterback. Right. And and Flacco's come in, and it's kind of just been. I think there's not no drama with him, stuff like that. So it's a little bit refreshing to be a Browns fan right now and say this defense is unbelievable. This offense is showing signs of life, and your boy Njoku has taken that next step, and he's sort of becoming a superstar yeah. over the past few weeks. And that's a, a an interesting symptom of this because without now that our our run game goes way down, you start having to explore some of those talented mm -hmm. receivers. Where yes. Njoku this time would probably be complaining about they're not using him to his ability, so right. we might be able to retain some of these <clears throat> wide receivers because we gave him that extra attention because we had to. Yeah, exactly. So I mean. Amari Cooper stepping up. Elijah Moore's doing a nice job. Your rookie Cedric Tillman is looking really, really good. Um, that one drop excluded that turned into the pick six, but overall doing a nice job. And Njoku just, I mean, my goodness, I think he had a career. Um, he had his first two touchdown game last week, and he had his best receiving game this past week. And those two uh, receiving 30 plus yard plays on that final drive are what set up the game winning field goal. So just unbelievable stuff for now, would you Would you have the nuts that just after throwing an interception that you hit some of those windows where there's only an inch to spare yeah. on a defender? And, and I know direction. which exactly that one you're talking about too, with Amari Cooper, yes. it's like, you know, the, the, he is the Browns number one target. We'll not make any, you know, ifs, ands or buts about that, but yeah, I I mean, no, I don't I wouldn't. Um, but I think that's the difference between putting a DTR in there who has a lot more physical talent in the terms of athletic ability, but he might not have that quite that arm strength, but he also doesn't have that experience of like if I make the perfect throw here and lead this guy in a way, I think, and maybe it was a little bit of luck, maybe it was a little bit of gamesmanship, maybe it was a little bit of like 
like you said, ballsiness and he made it, he made it in that tight window throw. And, you know, that led to like a 52, 53 yard touchdown that, um, you know, that tied the game there. So just yeah, unbelievable and remember, stuff. most of those points came off of like mistakes that are, could be avoided yeah. in the future. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have those two picks because of an errant throw or mm-hmm. somebody bobbling it or not hanging on to the ball. Exactly. It's a, definitely a different game. Exactly. Exactly. And I think like, you know, you hear that term gunslinger, the, like a Brett Favre type. And, you know, those guys just went out and they, they don't, they don't remember their last throw. They're like the next throw is the most important throw. And I think that's so important because if you're, if you have a long memory and you're, you know, reeling on those mistakes before that's not helping you going forward you got to forget about that move on and yeah maybe learn from it but but get better and move on from there if you watch any of those offenses like even the kurt warner st louis mm-hmm. not st louis at the time but yeah you know i know what, what you mean, mean. yeah uh, but, you know look at his interceptions mm-hmm. uh, you know you put it up there like that and you you hey heavily on your receivers and you're mm-hmm. gonna throw more interceptions yeah this is guaranteed and i'm a I'm almost okay throwing a few more interceptions, especially if they're down the field. If you're taking chances and you're moving the ball, like, uh, you know, if you, if you move the ball, you get two, three first downs and you throw an interception at the goal line. That's, that's as good, if not better than a punt. And yeah, we don't want to keep turning the ball over. The Browns are the number one worst turnover team in the NFL this year. And somehow they're nine and five. They're kind of defying the odds with that. So just, just unbelievable stuff. So 20 to 17 is the final, the Browns, the Browns defense really only gave up three points in this game too. So because the pick six led to seven direct points and then the bears intercept the one, get it down to like the one or two yard line. And it takes them like six plays to get into the end zone because of penalties and stuff. And so the Browns like reluctantly gave up that uh, other touchdown. So really you take those 14 points off the board, three points again, held their 10th opponent this year to under 300 yards. So just awesome stuff for, for Cleveland. Jim Schwartz to me still remains one of the best, if not the best pickup in the off season player or coach so and and honestly like most games we were averaging four or five people to get banged up and on the injury report Mm -hmm. you didn't hear that about the injuries there were some couple things that happened but nothing that like we made a little bit of improvement on that end no doubt 100 percent. so a look real quick at the afc north standings baltimore still 11 and 3 but their last three games at the 49ers this week home versus the dolphins and then uh, home versus the Steelers, which is never an easy game. I don't care what the Steelers are this year. So those are three tough games for the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns, 9-5. and five. They are at the Texans this week, home on a Thursday against the New York Jets, and then at the Cincinnati Bengals to close out. The Bengals at the Steelers, at the Chiefs, home Browns. And then the Steelers, uh, home Bengals, at the Seahawks, and at the Ravens, the Steelers are on life support right now. So they are, they're very challenged right now, but the Browns, the Bengals, uh, are in a dog fight, literally dog cat fight, whatever. And then, uh, Baltimore still up there at the top, but there is a path for the Browns to get the number one seed in all of the AFC. Um, Our guy, Jack Duffin, laid him out. So here's how the Browns would get the number one seed. First of all, they got to win out. Go 3-0, get to um, 12-5. So you beat Houston, you beat the Jets, and you beat Cincinnati. The Ravens have to go 1-2, which is very possible. 
you know, let's say they lose to the 49ers and lose to the Dolphins uh, and beat Pittsburgh. Okay. That's part two. The Dolphins, if they go one and two with a win over Baltimore, uh, and then they either lose to Baltimore or, um, or I'm sorry, either lose to Dallas or Buffalo, which that is a brutal schedule. And then the Chiefs, if they go two and one and they lose any game, Vegas, Cincinnati, Chargers, it's not that crazy if, you know, if the Browns win out. So, um, a lot of possibilities there. And there's a lot of scenarios that's like hitting a, a 12 game parlay or something, but not likely, but not impossible. So, so last week we said of the remainder games, we hope to go two and four. Yeah. When you look at the remaining two three, and two, two oh, and okay, two. Yeah. yeah. Two and two. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you look at the remaining three, do you still think we can go two and one? I think, we- I think so. And I think, I think <laughs> depending on, I think Cincinnati's catching a little bit of lightning in a bottle right now. Um, but the Browns always seem to match up well with them. Um, I think this week, depending on CJ Stroud's health, is going to be the toughest remaining game. The Jets have kind of packed it in, um, especially with no Aaron Rodgers coming back uh, that no one thought was ever going to happen. But, uh, you know, I think the Texans, I think the Browns are like a two and a half point underdog right now, which tells me I think they're expecting CJ Stroud to be back. If he wasn't playing, I think that line would be reversed where the Browns Case would be in favor. Do you fear better against this, the Browns? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I fear CJ Stroud a lot more than Case Keenum. Not Case Keenum is capable of beating any team. We, we've seen that with the Browns, but, you know, CJ Stroud. Still in concussion protocol. We'll see how that goes. But he, I mean, he he was in the MVP conversation like two weeks ago. So we shall see. But Houston, this is like a must-win game for them. So that makes me a little bit more nervous. Uh, we'll talk about our picks coming up here soon. But uh, but that makes me a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger on the Browns. But I think um, it's obviously they're all winnable games. Your thought? What what do you think about the final three games? Um, it's, it, Cincinnati is really the only one that I, I fear. I think okay. Texans are going to be a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that they, you know, with, with CJ Stroud coming back from injury, they're going to be a little bit, you know, unpredictable as mm-hmm. how this can go. Um, the second game, what was it? The, uh, they, the, the, the jets, the jets. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. That should be pretty easy. They should be able to just mail that one in run your mechanics you don't have to go and, and that's a thursday yourself. night which should be weird but the browns really good at home and that's yeah. their final home game yep. and then cincinnati i think that maybe if we're going to lose one that might be the one that we we go down okay with. but i remember I really hope they have a good game stefanski here. 10 and 1 versus cat teams it might hold true <laughs> might hold true so you only but, got you know, one more the road's been been rough and and i think of all the things that Houston presents there. I think that's the one I'm fearful of. The yeah, most, no, honestly. I, I hear you. I hear you. It's, uh, it should be, it should be interesting. And I think it's like, it's Christmas Eve, which should, which adds another layer of like weirdness to it. So, um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and we'll make our picks here in, okay. in a couple minutes. But, uh, I want to, I want to throw a couple more Joe Flacco stats. Joe Flacco is the first Browns quarterback with 300 passing yards in back to back wins since Brian Sipe, and this was way before I was born in 1980. So Joe Flacco last week against the Jaguars, 26 of 45, 311 yards, three touchdowns. Last week versus the Bears, 28 of 44, very similar numbers, 374 yards, two touchdowns, which is, is I believe, his second, uh, or I'm sorry, sixth or seventh highest passing game of his career. And, you know, this is a 15-year vet, so... 
pretty pretty impressive stuff there. And our, our boy Phil Hopkins came through in the clutch. In I, lo- the I love clutch. I love that you call him that, Phil Hopkins. <laughs> One day they're gonna take take a mask off and it's gonna be Phil. Or they day. can they can AI <laughs> AI like yes. you know what if these two had a, a baby? Yes, you know yes. like. Phil Hopkins. Phil Hopkins. <laughs> Any anybody named Hopkins or um, oh, why can't I? Phil uh, Dawson. That you know, th- those guys should almost borderline have a statue in Cleveland Brown Stadium. Yep, so, sure. um, and I've noticed the Browns are actually choosing not the dog pound end to kick in the opposite end. So I wonder if they figured out something like there's one area that's maybe a little harder to kick than the other. So maybe they know their stadium and hopefully and hopefully they don't give any of those secrets out yeah. going forward. So do you, do you know why they deferred uh, the, the coin flip in the beginning of the game? No, they took the kickoff. Oh, yeah, I know. You know they why took, they didn't. Defer? Um, what, what, would they, I, what was the logic? I was trying to figure that out. I think because they wanted. I think because they wanted to go that opposite way in the fourth quarter. I okay. think I think that's why. But. You know, Stefanski knows. I, I don't. That would be my best guess would be they wanted the ball and they wanted to go a certain way on the field. Okay. So because then you give the um, the opponent, you know, they get to obviously they're always going to take the ball if you defer in the second half. But um, very, you know, they, they there was I'm sure there's mind game for that. Okay. Of, of some Keep reason. Them guessing. That, yeah, Keep exactly. Them guessing. Exactly. Did you see Flacco's numbers in the fourth quarter? They were amazing. The like, only only quarterback to throw for over 200 yards in in a, the half of a game. So 11 of 13, 212 yards, one touchdown. So they come back from 10 points down. And I think this is like, um, I have a stat here from Andrew Siciliano. Let me put that up here. So this is the Browns had lost their last 49 games when down 10 entering the fourth quarter. So their last win by trailing 10 or more in the fourth quarter was Brian Hoyer Mm. against Tennessee week five, 2014. So we're talking nine seasons ago. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Now, Miles Garrett did not register a sack in this game. Again, last week against Jacksonville, remember he sacked Lawrence on that two-point conversion? For whatever reason, that doesn't get included as a statistical sack in his count for the year. I don't know why, because, you know, that sack, you know, if if he doesn't get that sack, maybe Lawrence, you know, completes it in the end zone. And I get maybe, you know, that shouldn't be a touchdown or or whatever, but it's like that should be a sack because that's a one play in a game. Any given play could be uh, the difference in a game. And, so he didn't get that sack last week against Jacksonville. They didn't count it as that. Um, but he hasn't been registering the sacks, but he is making a huge impact yeah. on every single play. And he's still playing with a little bit of a banged up shoulder. Um, and Stefanski basically put it out there and said, like, he is, uh, the way he's playing is unbelievable. He's the best player and the best defense in the league right now. He's the defensive player in the, of the year. I don't even think it's close. I don't think there's anyone in the same, uh, you know, reality as him right now. Right. So, so, but I mean, you're if you're an offensive guy and you can put two guys on Miles and take uh-huh. him out of plays, it opens it up for another, you know, on the other side to do their thing. Um, but they're they're exhausting a lot of resources on one dude. Yes. So exactly, and it's like you said that that opens up other guys to do what they're doing, and the Browns 
that they they stopped Justin Fields. They got a shoestring tackle. I think it was um, the rookie corner uh, from Northwestern that like had a shoestring tackle on Justin Fields that was about this short of a um, on a fourth down play. And then they ran like a counter, like a wide receiver sweep. They were trying to you know trick the Browns. And then Alex Wright, one of the defensive ends from last year's draft, comes up and makes a huge play, um, and that give gets the Browns defense off the field and gives the ball back to the offense. So just unbelievable stuff. There's a lot to clean up still. Brown's got to stop turning the ball over, you know, but, but with this defense and now this passing game and a little bit of the run uh, element added in there, this, this Brown's team is going to be very, very scary for a lot of teams to play. So why, why do you think like what uh, miles Garrett charged with uh, uh you know, the refs being lax mm -hmm. on those holding calls. Why would, why do you think they would like, I know why they do it uh, on the receivers. They let them play around a little bit with yeah. the rules just to make it an interesting game. So you, you actually, you know, have some catches, right? Yeah, right. Either direction, like either they go hardcore if they're getting two or yeah. go less if they're not. Yeah. Uh, but why would they be allowing so much against Garrett? I, I feel like there's, you know, they could, you, you get that there, all oh, there could be holding every play. It's like, yeah, but some of them are more blatant than others. Like there was, <clears throat> there was one video and it's out there on social media somewhere, but he literally gets dragged down by his face mask. And he was, the bears did not get called for holding once in this game. And there's about three or four clips of Garrett, like one getting pulled down by the face mask or another one practically getting tackled. And again, yes, you know, I'm sure this happens to a lot of different teams and stuff, but it just seems to be over and over and over with Garrett because maybe he is the the game wrecker. And there, it's almost, I wonder if it's almost like the Shaq factor where Shaq didn't get all the calls because he was just so big and dominant all the time. Maybe that rings true with Miles Garrett. He's not getting these calls because it's like he's just so physically um impressive and so physically dominating that it's like well they got to do something to be able to stop them but, so but i don't know you got to call the rules by the rules and right. you know i just, think he's handling it well because i think when we get all like everybody's against us and the rules are slanted yeah. we're at our worst when right we're trying to make excuses exactly he's just like i'm gonna get fed up and i'm gonna do it anyway yeah. and screw this well, kind of and thing. i think i think he called out um I think he called out the refing last week after the Jacksonville game, and he got fined for that. But I think eventually, you know, it's start going to it's going to start going his way a little bit more, and you can kind of see he's still making the impact on the game, whether you know his sack totals are as high as they should be or not. So as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, wrecking the game, uh, you know, and opens up those other guys, it's it's great. So. Um, let's get to your man crush here. Let's yes. get to David and Joku. Just a real quick appreciation post here. So in his last two games, 16 receptions, 195 yards. So you do the math, that's 97 and a half per game and three touchdowns. Uh, just unbelievable stuff. And that touchdown, look how he caught the ball. He caught the back half of the football and somehow did that like uh, toe heel or heel toe. I wasn't, I'm not sure which one. Uh, I think it was toe heel, like where he got it down at the back end of the end zone where both feet came down inbounds, which is like, I mean, you're talking about a 260 pound, six foot six, like ballerina move almost, you know, like just to be able to have that um, physical prowess, but like that, that 
enough touch to be able to get your feet down in bounds. So I thought I would uh, give your guy some flowers here. Oh, for sure. You know? he, so. he earns it. He really did an outstanding job of catching everything that came his way and, mm -hmm. and being aware on the field of not stepping out of bounds. So yeah, I give it to him as well. Yeah, it's so just so impressive. And you uh, know the the and nothing to take away from no. from my guy here, but Cincinnati game, that catch by T. Higgins where mm. he turned around and broke the plane yeah. while staying in bounds was the <laughs> most like that was the most precious player. <laughs> that was that was um, that was amazing. And that guy's going to get paid a lot of money <laughs> yes. for another team next year. So we don't uh, have to face him twice a year, hopefully. Yeah. So, Man, that yeah. Was a nice catch. By the way, by the, the, the first game of the year, the Browns uh, played them. You know how many receptions he had? Zero. <laughs> Zero. So this yep. Browns secondary is really good. For sure. And you can see the difference Denzel Ward makes too, being back. So yeah. um, looking real quick, one more time on the offense. Speaking of David and Joku, this was the Browns starting offense at the beginning of the season. So these, the only guys that have played in every game so far this year, Amari Cooper, Wyatt Teller, David Njoku, and Elijah Moore. Four of the 11 players have played in every game. Wow. Um, and we're talking Jed Wills, uh, or I'm sorry, Jack Conklin's backup out for the year. Uh, you know, and we're talking uh, Ethan Posick's backup uh, got nicked up in this game. Literally, Nick Harris got uh, banged up in this game. We've we've had uh, Jerome Ford get banged up in this game. We've had three other quarterbacks in there. So this is a laundry list of huge talent. And I saw something where the Browns have like 26% of their payroll on IR. <laughs> which is the highest in the NFL and just just craziness. So I I don't know how they're doing it, but we deserve this. Sure. <laughs> this is and I loved like your post of like it is December or whatever and the Browns are still alive for the playoffs <laughs> and it's like this is this is what it's all about. Yep. December football, it's fun and we're going to be playing meaning, meaningful January games too and and hopefully you know, I, I'm not getting too far out in front of myself. I'm a game to game type guy, but uh, I think this is we're, we're trending in the right direction. So 86% chance of making the playoffs means that we're not like this has to happen. This has to happen. Yeah. This has to happen mm -hmm. in order to just claw our way. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Browns have a lot of tiebreakers, which is nice. They have a tiebreaker over the Colts. They have uh, um, some tiebreakers over the Steelers and the Bills. Um, I think the the Broncos have the tiebreaker over the Browns. However, the Broncos are like the 11th seed right now. They're on their way Keep out. Them. So Keep them out. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, face them yeah. ever. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, so we look at the updated AFC, what it looks like in the rest of their schedule. So the Ravens one, Dolphins two, Kansas City three, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville, look at this. Jacksonville is fourth, eight and six. But you look at their division. Indy is also eight and six. The Texans are also eight and six. So three teams in the AFC South right now are eight and six. Crazy. Every team in the AFC North has a uh, at least 500 or better record. So that's the only case in football where that's happened. Um, so there's 11 teams for seven spots. And here's what the playoff picture looks like right now. So Again, Baltimore one, Miami two, KC three, Jacksonville four. Those are your division leaders. They, if the playoffs started today, they would get, you know, the home field advantage. The Ravens would get the first round by. I showed you earlier how the Browns could creep up to that one spot if possible. The Browns lead the um, 
you know, the wild card with uh, being in the top wild card spot at nine and five, the Bengals and the Colts right there at eight and six. So big time games uh, coming up this week. The Texans right now are on the outside looking in eight and six. The Bills on the outside looking in eight and six. Then the Steelers seven and seven, the Broncos seven and seven, who both lost last week. So there's a lot of possibilities going into these final three weeks. Um, so, you know, just real quick, take a look at some of these schedules. Um, so the Browns at Houston, that's one of the, the matchups there. The Bengals and Pittsburgh, you know, if the Bengals win, that'll eliminate the Steelers. If the, if the Steelers win, they could actually knock off the Bengals from getting in the playoffs. That that's a huge game there. Uh, the Colts, they got a kind of an easier one with Atlanta. Um, the Bills should have an easier one there, and the and the Broncos should have an easier one there. So um, there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of potential. But you look at the top two seeds, the uh, the Dolphins are playing um, the Cowboys, and the Ravens are playing the 49ers. Those should be really tough games for those two teams. So I'm telling you, AFC football has been amazing this mm-hmm. year. It has been really exciting to watch. Very. And it's a it's a big jumbled mess right now, but it's nice to be uh, not just in the hunt. It's nice to be in there right yes, now, and right. and hopefully we can uh, control our own destiny going forward. So let's pick our games for the okay. week. It's it's Tuesday, so some of these games there's well, a Thursday game, there's two Friday games, there's some Sunday games, and there's three Monday night games this week. So um, let's start off with the Thursday night game this week: New Orleans at the LA Rams. I'm going to take the LA Rams being at home. Yep. I'm taking Rams as well. All right. Joe is on the Rams. Um, Friday, we got two games and I believe these schedules are still the same. I, I took these from earlier in the year, but sometimes they, they flex some of these games out, but we have the Bengals at the Steelers. I think the Steelers have, I don't want to say have mailed it in, but I think the Steelers are on their last leg here and Cincinnati's kind of found something. So I'm going to go with the Bengals to win. Yeah, they're a mess. I'm going with the Bengals. Although if, if the Steelers win, it, it puts some padding behind us. That people. would be, yeah. This might be a week where Browns fans, you might want to root for the Steelers. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, um, okay. Buffalo at the LA Chargers. Char- Chargers just fired their coach uh, <laughs> and got absolutely waxed last week by the Raiders. Uh, Bills all the way. Bills all the way. Um, Indianapolis at Atlanta. Um, the Colts coming off a big win over the Steelers. Atlanta loses to the Carolina Panthers. They're only second win of the season. So give me the Colts in this one. Colts as well. All right, we're all, easy so we're far. all so far the, the same here. Seattle, who had a big win last night at home against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, will take on the Tennessee Titans, who put up a really good fight last week against the Houston Texans. But I'm going to go with the Seahawks on the road this week. All right. I'm going to go with Tennessee on this one. Okay. All right, that would be that'll be an interesting uh, game there in Nashville. All right, Detroit at Minnesota. These games are very important for both of these teams. Um, but I'm going to go with the Lions, who I think got things back and settled last week. So Lions. I'll go with Minnesota. Keep this interesting. Okay. All right. Oh, and by the way, Joe took a two-game lead last week. So Joe is 142 and 82. You're 60 games over 500 this year, which is like. 63 and a half 64 percent if if 
you were betting every one of these games, you'd be uh, rolling in it right now. So I, I credit it to Josh Dobbs and Baker <laughs> effing Mayfield. That's very true. Very true. <laughs> um, all right. Next one. Washington Commanders at the New York Jets. This is a pretty bad Suck game. <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, less suckier. I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders in yep, this game. I'm with you. Okay. I think Brissett might be the quarterback there now for the rest of the year. Uh, Green Bay at Carolina. Um, both these teams coming off kind of bad losses. Well, actually, Carolina coming off a big win. Green Bay coming off a bad loss. So give me the Packers. All right. I'll go with Carolina on this one. Oh, you're going Carolina. Oh, all right. I, th I think that helps my uh, my deficit there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. Um, I mean, Baker's playing really well. He's in the um, conversation with Joe Flacco, by the way, for comeback player of the year. So QB rating on that last game at Lambeau. I right? think it was perfect. It was perfect. I think it was perfect. So Baker all, all right. So Joe's going with Baker. I'm going to go with the other uh, Florida team here or one of the other Florida teams. I'm going to go with the Jaguars, Arizona at the bears. Give me the bears in a bounce back game. I, I think the bears are, are a really solid football team. Now, Arizona is definitely a different team yes. now with Kyle Murray, yes. so, but I'm still going to go with Chicago. Okay. Joe stole on Chicago with me on that one. Dallas at Miami. Whew, this is a tough game here. Dallas coming off their worst loss of the year. Miami. Really solid team, but doesn't play great against good competition all the time. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys in a bounce back. I'm going Miami. Okay. We got a lot of games. I like it. I up, like right? it. That's good. That's <laughs> good. Um, New England at Denver. Um, New England's New England's not very good. Uh, and, and Denver's fighting for a, a playoff spot. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. Okay, I'm going Broncos as well. Okay, I I, I thought you were going to go FL way and pick New England just because. Man, that's so hard. Did you say that? <laughs> I almost want to. If there were any other team other than New England, I probably would have went that way. And uh, three Christmas Day games. Las Vegas at Kansas City. I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one. I'm going with Chiefs as well. Okay. It'd be interesting to pick Vegas, though, because that'd be an interesting game to watch. Okay. And uh, I'm going to say Philadelphia bounces back on Christmas Day uh, because the New York Giants had too much good gabagool the day gabagool. before. So give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to go with Giants on this one. You're going Giants. I'm going to go Giants. I think, wow. I think the Eagles are injured. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And Baltimore at San Francisco. I think this is a tough Tough game for Baltimore um, going on the road on Christmas Day to maybe the best team in football right now. Give me the 49ers. I'm going 49ers right. as well. So, those, so that's my picks are up there. I'll post Joe's later. Um, but again, Joe with a two-game lead came came all the way back with a 13-3 and week last week. So pretty good stuff. Um I'm not going to go through all the matchups with the, the Browns and the Texans. I'm just going to share them here real quick, but I will put those out on social media for you uh, to check out if you want. So before we close out here, Joe, I want your opinion of, I came up with some of the worst bowl game names <laughs> of uh, the season. So I just want your opinion on some of these. Okay. So, uh, let's start out first with the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Okay. Thoughts on that? Um, I do like mayo, but putting a mayo in a bowl sounds kind of gross. <laughs> okay. So chips and mayo, probably not a good thing. <laughs> no. That's it's very terrible. What thing. if someone, uh, let's hypothetically say you were the head coach of the winning team and they dump mayonnaise on you. How would you 
feel about that? I don't, I don't necessarily want it on me. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Probably not a good visual like for a meme going forward. Yeah, you'd make <laughs> you'd make the internets. Oh yeah. Pop tarts bowl. I never put pop tarts in a bowl, so screw <laughs> that. I don't like it. The cheese it citrus bowl. It should that does not cheese its and citrus. No. No, no. Come on. Now here's my problem. Yeah. And and this was one of my airing of grievances was college bowl names is it should be the citrus bowl presented by cheese. Yes. That sounds a heck of a lot better yeah. Then let's just call it the citrus bowl. Have the branding underneath cheese. it That's fine. Instead of calling it the cheese it bowl. Like, come on. You know, that just sounds the soggy cheese. It's in citrus. Yeah. Taste. No, I don't want it. No. In. Okay. The union home mortgage Gasparilla bowl. <laughs> It's a lot. That's a that's a mouthful there. Um, that's what she said. Uh, Roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Huh. Are we in that era again where we're just going to do dot .com bowls all the time? I guess so. That sucked when it I, happened before, and it sucks now. Yes, no doubt. The Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. I'm not even caught. These are terrible. I mean, if you throw enough money, like anybody could be a sponsor. Yeah. Of these. I wonder why Pornhub doesn't do the <laughs> Pornhub.com bowl. Uh, I mean, why not? Could they? They could. Okay. Probably get a few more extra clicks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good marketing. 68 Ventures Bowl. What is 68 Ventures? Maybe that's good advertising because now I'm going to Google it. So what's 68 Ventures? Just yeah. one more and it could have been the 69 Ventures. I was just going to say, it? if they would have just added one <laughs> more, it could have been so much better. The 69 Ventures Bowl would That domain so wasn't available. Better. So no. they had to go like 60, yeah. 68. Pornhub owns the 60, 69 Adventures <laughs> 69 Bowl. <laughs> the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Is that like the Cricket Wireless? Is that like, I, I probably. Yeah. I would guess. Okay. I don't think it's that like cricket machine that people make the little knickknack things with. So I, I don't know if they're producing enough uh, funding no. to. And listen, a these bowl. jokes are terrible because the names are terrible. Yeah, okay? exactly. So you got to forgive. And we're not really making jokes. We're just we're just commentating. Right. So yeah. Okay. The and once again, this should be the Fenway Bowl presented by this, but the wasabi. I Fenway love this bowl. one. I could eat wasabi. Is that that's like that's like. What it, what, it's hot sauce, isn't yeah, it? So like when you have sushi, that green stuff, that's yeah. like super hot. That's the wasabi. Okay. Okay. All right. La I love it's, it. It's I love still the a taste weird. of it. But, you know, usually wasabi is like a little dollop. Mm -hmm. You don't put it all in a bowl. Yeah. Ever tell you my wasabi story? No. I was at BJ's. Okay. And they... Uh, they also, also owned by Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was, I had a, like one of their, their, uh, sushi bowls yeah and i thought that they put a dollop of guac on my oh. plate and so i like scooped the entire wasabi and ate it it was the worst experience so my life. hot you just do not eat a lot of it no. at a time it's just not good that way a uh, little little bit yeah and i i would add dollop to the word uh, to one of my least favorite words you don't like dollop it's a gross sounding word okay like moist <laughs> So when you put Cool Whip Ointment. on, how, what, what are the servings of Cool Whip on something? What do you call them? Um, a scoop? A scoop of Cool Whip. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's probably not very... Um, it's I, I could probably go deep into the thesaurus on that one, but I, I'm going to choose any other word but dollop. Okay. So, okay. Right. Fair enough. And then the, uh, yesterday, the famous toastery bowl. I don't know what that is. It's a restaurant, maybe? A apparently, Bakery? it's famous. 
Um, that game was great yesterday. A team came back, uh, Western Kentucky came back 21 points, won in overtime, but the name, not as good as the game. No, so I agree with you on that one. then, the, you know, I'm all for the, the cure bowl, you know, that, that's cure cancer, all that great. But the avocados from Mexico cure, cure bowl. So. What if they never thought that avocado could cure cancer? And now because of this bowl, they start doing some research yeah. and find out that avocados kill cancer. That would be phenomenal. That would be amazing. For, for marketing purposes. The first fitting bowl game that wasn't even married before this day. Yeah. And they discovered themselves because A of A match bowl made game. in heaven. So, Joe, you might have just figured something out right yeah. there. Okay. So... <laughs> that's all. Any other thoughts on the bowl games before no, we get out of here? Done with it. Okay, no, that's they're sounds... terrible. All right, so like how, when you have like the sugar bowl and the citrus yeah. bowl, where did those names come from? I'm thinking, um, like the orange bowl is based in Miami, so I'm thinking like Florida, you know, the citrus state. There's oranges down there. The citrus bowls in Orlando. Um, the sugar bowl. I'm thinking like sugar cane or like I'm thinking like. I don't know. I think sugar cane's mostly from Hawaii, but like New Orleans, that's like a like a southern, you know, I don't know if that's like a crop down there. The cotton bowl, which Dallas, you know, the fields down there. I don't know if that has any racial undertones to it. Hopefully not. But like, you know, the Fiesta Bowl, that's down in Arizona. So I think it's like kind of the Rose Bowl, obviously. I think those are like maybe like the locations and maybe what they're kind of known for. And it was kind of like an old timey thing, but you know, I think that's kind of cool. I like that. Like, I don't want to have like a boomer take here, but I think that's kind of cool. Like the names of those things. And if you want to throw some advertising on it, which drives revenue, drives money, drives everything, really, I get it. But let's maybe make it a little more tactful <laughs> where we're not we're not playing in the Cheez-Its Citrus Bowl. We're playing in the Citrus Bowl presented by right. Jesus. So. And, and I don't ever remember there being so many bowl games. It's almost they're less yeah. special because there's just too many of them. Yeah, there. I think there was a couple like five and normally the, the thing is you had to be six and six to make a bowl game. And I think they did not have enough teams like qualify. So they, there was a few exceptions they made where a couple five and seven teams got in. Like you should at least be 500 to get into a bowl game. And, you know, there's so many opt outs and this and that anymore that you know, a lot of these games aren't aren't special, you know, but it gives it gives the players another chance to play. They get a lot of free swag and stuff like that from from the games. And I think no matter what, whether this game is like hugely attended or not, it prints money. So I think like the revenue generated from the TV contracts that goes back into the pockets of, you know, those teams or uh, the the TV networks, whatever they're they're gonna just keep doing them as long as as they're profitable. So yeah, what what kind of swag do you think you get from the Pornhub Bowl? Oh, that that'd be very interesting. And and honestly, like the the team that finishes 69th gets in the <laughs> Pornhub Bowl. So you have people trying to get in that bowl by losing. They I, get I some know. like rubber sheets and like some yes. uh, KY jelly. And <laughs> That would be a good grab bag. Some Durex or some Trojan. The USC Trojans playing the... That would be fitting. <laughs> that was unintentional. Totally. Oh, this is this is our last show of the year. Let's go out with a bang. Like the porn oh, ball. You did it too. All right. Well, 
I think we can close out oh, on that note. So yeah. that was good stuff. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll just end it there. So <laughs> this is our last in-studio show of the year. We'll have some more, obviously, right after the new year. But I do have a couple uh, queued up, ready, uh, that are going to be good watches uh, for the holiday season coming up. So um, any last thoughts before? No, no graceful out? exits, stage no. left. So this, this has been a fun 2023 season, though. Yeah. We've, we've had a good run here. So uh, so continue to make sure you're watching Youngstown Studio, follow the 330 Sports Show, all that good stuff. Joe's got some good interviews coming up uh, soon. So not to transition from Pornhub to, to good interviews, but we got some good stuff coming down here at Youngstown Studio. Check out the new websites, too, that are going up. So uh, we'll check all that stuff out on social. Make sure to just follow both pages. And for Joe Danier, I'm Justin. And for everyone here at Youngstown Studio, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we will see you guys after the new year. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. This is original Youngstown content. Feel free to share our videos and tell your friends about us. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook.